The Litro Lab Podcast. Remembrance of things past. It has been years since I last made this journey. I am slower and more easily tired. My footfall is not as sure as it used to be, but nor is it as bitter, as sad, as resigned. Up the slope, near the edge of the rock, the crowd has gathered. They stand along the ridge, waiting without conversation, silhouetted against the late afternoon sky. I am joining them. The ground is dusty, sandy, with scraps of sun-brown grass, like the dunes before a beach. Taken two months before today, the now-faded photo on my desk records our last family trip to the beach. Madeleine looking out from beneath the sunshade of her hand, her light smile overseeing the girls. Nell in her purple star sunglasses and pink flower hat, mouth drawn in shadow, a preview of adolescence between the giggles and play. Where Nell's sandcastles are numerous, ordered and well-formed, Kathleen's are few and careless. Squinting and sunburnt, her sunglasses and hat willfully thrown aside, she beams a big camera smile, all teeth and gaps. Perfect in so many ways, imperfect in so many others. The eyes are hidden. I imagine I remember their glint and colour, but I check other photos to be sure. I recall the sound of sea, but can I recall the sounds of that shoreline, those waves, on that day? Voices are easier. I can recall the mutter of idle nothings and words of comfort, although the words themselves are gone. And where are the smells? Of sea, of sun cream, of Maddie's hair. Smells hide in memory, found only with a map that is also the key but is also the trigger. Perfectly locked, perfectly lost. I reach the top of the slope, catching my breath in the still air. No ocean, only scrubland and rocks and a road. The smell is of desert. The crowd is all gathered, all but one. Madeleine and the girls will be along soon. We will watch them pass, these different ages of me. Compelled to migrate, we return to this past, as our present is marked out by anniversaries, birthdays, and other remembrances. We will watch the accident and wonder the same things. Was it the fading light? Was Maddie tired after the featureless drive? Were the girls squabbling, distracting her? Was there something on the road, or perhaps a fault with the car? Was there anything we had missed, something we could do to change the outcome, anything to alter time and replace tomorrow? Across the crowd, we each wear age differently, haggard and camped, mawkish and resolved, resigned and hopeful. Chasing possibility, three scan the road with binoculars while two others pore over notebooks. But hope is not common among us. A few look only at the ground in front of them. Most gaze across the desert, at the darkened foothills and fading mountains. I catch a few stares and momentary glances. I remember being those others, looking at this older self, Noting the one in the crowd of selves, obviously older and frailer than the rest. None older. The last to join us is walking up the slope. There are thirty years between us. His journey is the first visit I made to come to this rock, and watch the accident from afar instead of trying to intervene. He sees me. He pauses, fists clenched. I remember the resentment, the feeling of being boxed by fate, of wanting to lay blame at the feet of who I am now for what I had told him. Words of comfort, words of despair. He looks away and takes his place in the crowd. The car is in the distance. 
I have seen, heard and felt the moment so many times. I know how it plays out. I know how it feels. A figure is running towards the road. His is the first time I made this journey. It had worked, but not as expected. I was running to make up lost time, to reach the road, stop the car and change everything. But I was not alone. There were others running towards the road. I heard them and turned, hesitating, shocked, unable to make sense of these apparitions of myself. I believed I had fooled causality. I had found a way to pass through the surface of the present into the past. But it was a sting. At the last moment, I look away to watch the faces of the crowd. Some look, others turn. Despair is written on the younger faces. The older ones cannot be read. The air carries and thins the cries of those running towards the road. There is nothing to be done, nothing to be said. The crowd disperses. Some linger, some rush away. Out near the road, they do the same. But one of them looks to the horizon rather than at the ground or the wreckage. Singled out by the sunset, he catches sight of movement, of figures on a distant rocky edge. I will wait for him. What has happened has always happened, and always will have happened. Closed curves in time allow my presence here and now. Temporal entanglement demands it. But time loop logic cannot be hacked. Time is self-consistent and immutable. I will take all this to my grave, this technology, this knowledge, this curse of impotence and reliving. The lid will close and my work and all the sadness it brings will be gone. The only traces will be an early speculative paper and the obscurity of my cancer, a novelty, a puzzle and eventually a memory for the doctors who gathered round and sampled and discussed. I turn, he is coming up the slope. I cannot remember exactly what was said, but it was words of comfort, words of despair. He walks to the edge just along from me. He looks at the wreckage in the road. He looks to me. Troubled, uncertain, desperate. He walks over. He wants to ask. He wants to plead. He needs to know. I take his arm. Whatever I say will be the right thing. It will have been the same thing. Nothing can be changed. Words of comfort, words of despair. Shh. It's okay. There is nothing you can do. Subscribe to Literal Lab Podcast on Spotify.